want to start talking to you this summer about the comeback. Everybody loves a good comeback story. I mean, a good comeback story, it'll grab your attention, it'll draw you in, it'll inspire you, and, and we all can relate to comeback stories because all of us have had to overcome our own setbacks and our own knockdowns. You know, even if you've never played a particular sport or faced a particular trouble, you still will find yourself identifying with the main character in a good comeback story. I mean, one of the all-time great comeback characters of our, of our era is a guy named Rocky Balboa. Y'all, some of y'all are familiar with this. I mean, at this present day, there have been seven movies based on this guy, Rocky Balboa. Um, I, I have to emphasize that, that at the present time, there's been seven because, you know, there could be a Rocky eight come out, you know, and you know, like when these other ones have come out, if you're like me, you've been like, really another Rocky movie. And then what do you go do? You go see it anyway. Yeah. So if they come out with Rocky eight, I'll probably be like, really Stallone? And I'll be like, okay, let's go see it, you know, and I'll get tickets. Um, uh, do you know why they keep making these Rocky Balboa movies? It's because we keep going to see them. They just like, like it, it works. Um, and we, we connect with this guy, Rocky Balboa. Do any, does anyone remember what year the very first Rocky movie came out? And y'all are good. 1976. It was December of 1976. I was two years old. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make some of y'all feel old. Uh, that was an accident. Forgive me. You have to. God says so. You're in church. <laughs> um, his most, the most recent movie came out in 2015. For over 40 years, this comeback story of Rocky Balboa, it has been entertaining and inspiring people all over the globe. People connect to and relate to this boxer from Philadelphia, even though they have never put on a pair of boxing gloves or traded punches with an opponent in the ring. I mean, just by a show of hands, how many of you have seen more than one of the Rocky movies? All right. I mean, that's that's most of you. All right. Uh, how many of you have seen all of the Rocky movies? Look at my my fourteen year old son is raising his hand. It's like yeah, we've just we've seen them. Um, uh, how many of you, you've you've a lot of you've seen these movies. How many of you have actually participated in the sport of boxing? Very few, very few. All right. Um, look, uh, uh, people with no experience in boxing will relate to the story of this boxer. As I started thinking and praying about this idea of the comeback for a, for a summer series, I decided to watch all of the Rocky movies. And my children would come in and they would get interested in it. I mean, of note, my seven-year-old little girl would sit down and watch the movies and ask me questions. If there is anyone on the planet who should have zero interest in a old Rocky movie, a seven-year-old little girl would be top of the list. But she gets drawn into the story, this comeback story of Rocky. And every one of his movies involves a comeback story. 
Even she could relate to him. Why? Why is it? Why do we relate to the story? What is it about his story that keeps interesting people for four decades? People from various backgrounds, various walks of life, most of whom have never put on a pair of boxing gloves or, comp- or did a competition. Why, what is it about his story that people can relate to? It's because his story is a comeback story. Every one of his stories is a comeback story. And even though you may have never had to put on a boxing put on boxing gloves and competed in a competition, I'm quite confident that every single one of you, you've had to fight in some manner, in some form, in some capacity in life. All of you have faced struggles. All of you have needed to overcome something. All of us have faced setbacks. And we've been surprised by unforeseen problems or obstacles. We've all had moments where we, have, we were left wondering, What do I do now? How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to move forward? It may have been when you were young and you learned that your parents were separating, getting a divorce, and you struggled to figure out what that means. What does that mean to you now? Maybe it came in the news that a family member that you depended on had suddenly passed away. Or maybe it came when the doctor comes into the room and he gives you the news that it's cancer. Maybe the struggle came when your boss calls you into his office and he says that they have to let you go. Maybe your struggle came when you moved to a new town or a new school and you expected to make new friends, but the kids never gave you a chance and they would not accept you. Maybe your struggle came as the result of a bad choice that you made and it came with consequences that you deserved. Maybe your struggle came as the result of somebody else's wrong choice. And though you did not deserve the consequences, you still had to carry it nonetheless. You may have never laced up a pair of boxing gloves, but I know that all of you have taken your share of hits, have been knocked down, and have had to fight in some way, somehow. Maybe you were blindsided by your spouse, and they wanted a divorce, and every part of your life was rattled. Maybe it was a struggle in school to learn the material, to make the grades. What seemed easy for others was was difficult for you. And it was always a fight. Maybe your fight was your own addiction. And though you wanted to live free, you just kept running back to something that hurt you over and over and over again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Has life knocked you down a time or two? You might not have ever been a boxer. And been punched with a fist. But you know what it's like to get punched, don't you? That's why comeback stories like Rocky, they resonate with so many people. Because life has already shown us that if our stories are going to finish well, then, then our story is going to need to be a comeback story too. And we're drawn to stories. We're drawn to true stories like the story of um, um, Louis Zamperini. It's the story of a, of a boy who was always in trouble, but with the help of his older brother, he channels his anger into, into running, and he becomes an, uh, an Olympic athlete, and he, and he competes in the 1936 Olympics. But then World War II breaks out, and Louis enlists in the military, and his plane crashes in the Pacific Ocean, and the guy survives floating adrift with no food and no water for 47 days. He's finally rescued. 
Splash captured by the Japanese Navy and they take him from his raft and they put him in a POW camp where he is tortured for two straight years and he becomes the prime target of a very abusive man. We're drawn to his story. When we hear stories of of how he came back from all that, when we hear stories of someone overcoming great odds, we see that it is possible to overcome great odds. And we're inspired and uplifted to, to face the various challenges that we all have. I mean, if Louis Zamperini can overcome a troubled childhood, then survive 47 days at sea without food and water, and overcome two years of being tortured in a prison camp, if he can do that, then maybe I can overcome the loss of a job or deal with a broken air conditioner. Seeing their comeback stories makes our own comeback stories plausible. And that's why we identify with comeback stories. Look, I've never been tortured in a Japanese prison camp, but I've had a few jobs and a few bosses that seem kind of torturous. Maybe you have too. So this summer, God has laid it on my heart to preach messages about comebacks. Because our God is the God of the comeback. And Jesus is the king of the comeback. Some of you are here because you need a comeback of your own. And God will be the strength of your heart. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Some of you, you are in the midst of a comeback. And you've been knocked down and you've had two choices. Either give up or get up. And you got up. That's why you're here today. But to complete your comeback, you're going to need God's help and God's wisdom. Some of you, you are here because God has brought you back and given you your own comeback story. And your heart is going to overflow with thankfulness, gratitude, and worship for God. And this series is going to bring back sweet memories of of a God who met you in a dark place and brought you back. So let's look at a teaching today from the king of the comeback, Jesus. You do realize that the greatest comeback story of all time is the story of Jesus. I mean, to be born in the lowliest of places, raised poor, to become an influential teacher, so much so that that his influence threatened the powers of his day, not to mention the forces of evil, to be unjustly arrested and sentenced to death, And then on the third day, to come back, resurrected. He's the only person to ever conquer death. And he starts a revolution that is based on love, forgiveness, and second chances that has changed the face of human history and is still revolutionizing lives today. He is the king of the comeback. And now, he sits at the right hand of God And when the time is right, he is coming back for those who've placed their faith and trust in him. Jesus is the king of the comeback, and he teaches us things that that will empower us each in our own comeback stories. So turn with me, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 16. This is our main passage today. Look at what Jesus teaches. Starting in verse 31. It says, Jesus answered them, 
Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The setting for Jesus' words is the upper room, the night that he was betrayed. These are some of the last moments that, that, that he is spending with his disciples before his arrest and his crucifixion. Jesus is, he is preparing them for what is about to happen because he knows that the next 24 hours are going to be scary and violent. And in his teaching, he tells them something really important, something that is important for us today to understand. That in this world, you will have tribulation. The New International Version words it a bit simpler. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus is letting us know that in this world, you will have trouble. This is important for Jesus to say. Because many people have this false assumption about God. They assume that if they go to church, read the Bible, try to live a good life, that they will, that they will then live a life without trouble, without problems. They assume that if they give a little effort to living the right life, that God will erase their problems and prevent trouble from visiting them. And I've seen all sorts of people come in and out the doors of church with this assumption They've got some, some trouble or some problem in life that causes them to recognize that they need God in their life. So they start coming to church for a while. And they'll come for about three to four weeks. And, and they are right to assume that, that doing things God's way will bring blessing. They are wrong to assume that blessing means they will not have any trouble. And we've got preachers who have figured out that they can play on this false assumption that people have. And they, will, and they will twist scriptures into supporting this false assumption so they can capitalize off them. Did y'all see the preacher who this week um, uh, asked for a new jet, $54 million? He's already got a jet, but he needs another one. He's, yeah, he's already had three. I wanted to make a video of my beat-up Jeep and say, guys... It's got 218,000 miles on it, and it runs fine. The AC is fixed. Hallelujah. I'm okay. But they preach this health and wealth gospel. But Jesus did not preach a health and wealth gospel. He preached what was true, and the truth is what sets people free. But freedom is not the absence of trouble. And Jesus knew this better than anyone else. Look, no one has lived as free a life as Jesus. And trouble came for him. Jesus lived a perfect life. He never did one thing wrong. He never wished he could go back and do something over. He never said something wrong. He, he did everything right and God was well pleased with him. But it doesn't matter how good a life you live. In this world, you will have trouble. This world is fallen. This world is broken. This world is sick on account of sin. This world's 
sickness happens and, and in, this, in this world accidents occur. This, in this world tragedy strikes. In this world there are hurricanes and volcanoes, lightning strikes and earthquakes. In this world people are selfish. In this world people are jealous, greedy, inconsiderate. Sometimes they're just downright evil. In this world you will have trouble. And that's why we all need a comeback. Jesus contradicts the false claims of a health and wealth gospel with truth. He says in this world, you will have trouble. Not that you might have trouble or that trouble is a possibility. No, in this world, trouble is inevitable. I'm sure you've already figured this out by now. Did you know that trouble knows where you live? Knows your address. Will come knocking on your door, send you mail. You got this phone number that you think is unlisted? Trouble knows it, doesn't it? We'll call you up. We'll send you a text. Trouble will send you an email. You could be out there minding your own business, not doing anything wrong, not hurting anybody, and trouble will come messing with you on it. You could be doing good for somebody else. Trouble will still come and find you. You've experienced this. But we can't carry this false assumption that just because you're trying to do things God's way, that trouble won't come. Trouble comes in this world. You will have trouble. You can live a perfect life of loving others and helping people like Jesus. And trouble will come for you. You can live a selfish life. Always taking, never giving, and trouble will come for you. People stumble over the question, why do bad things happen to good people? The answer is simple. In this world, you will have trouble. Truth is, bad things happen to bad people. And good things happen to good people. Irregardless of how you live, good and bad will visit you. Trouble doesn't care if you're good or bad. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, there's an adversary, an enemy of God who targets people. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. See, the devil doesn't care if you're good or bad. He just loves hurting God by hurting people. Jesus teaches in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, the devil loves to take from you. He loves destruction. He's like a kamikaze pilot or a terrorist. He knows that, that he's going to die, but on his way out, he is going to cause as much damage and destruction as possible. The devil knows he's defeated. He knows that he's destined for the lake of fire. He knows he can't beat God. So he targets the people that God loves. I've been privileged to baptize two of my children. And uh, at their baptism, I read this verse, 2 Timothy 3.12. says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I let them know the truth that following Jesus will come with a cost. Are they sure they want to be his and follow him? When I asked them with a little coaching, they, they responded with the words of, of a familiar hymn, 
I have decided to follow Jesus. And that's what they say. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And they'd say, no, no turning back. The king of the comeback. He lets us all know the truth that in this world there is trouble. There is tribulation. There is a world where those things are not. Where you don't have to face the trouble. And by faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus, you can one day live there. But for now, in this world, you will have trouble. Then Jesus says, but. Not the end. It's not all doom and gloom. You don't have to take a tail kick in your whole life. He says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You will have trouble, but take heart. A comeback is possible. Take heart. Jesus has overcome. This world is full of trouble, but Jesus has overcome. And so and so can you. In this world, you will have trouble, but amidst the trouble, you can have something else. You can have peace. That in Jesus, you can have peace. How important is that? I mean, this world is filled with trouble and it's short on peace. And people spend lots of time and money trying to manufacture peace. People try to chemically induce peace in themselves. And they pay lots of money to pharmaceutical companies to in the pursuit of peace. But real peace you can have in Jesus Christ. Regardless of whether or not you choose to follow Jesus, in this world you're going to have trouble. But with Jesus in this world, you can have peace. Trouble will come and go in all sorts of shapes, sizes, and circumstances, but through it all you can have peace. You can have peace with God knowing that your sins have been forgiven. You can have peace knowing the truth that whatever you are going through is not new or unique to you. You can have peace knowing that your comeback is not only possible, but in Jesus Christ, it is plausible. You can have peace knowing that our God in his sovereignty is able to take setbacks and turn them into setups. You can have peace knowing that your struggle is not for nothing, that God is at work. That's why the, James, the brother of Jesus, says in, the book, in his book, James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I love this promise from God found in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 3. I think it's chapter 43. I wrote it down right, wrong. Uh, it says, When you pass through the waters... I will be with you and through the rivers. They shall not overwhelm you when you walk through the fire. You shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sheba in exchange for you because you are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you. He says, when you walk through the waters, when you walk through the fires, I'm going to be with you because you're precious to me and I love you. These are just some of the promises of God. 
So I want to close with this. And with the power outage, it may not work. But, but, but Todd, do we, do we think the clip from Rocky is going to work? Okay. So I got this three-minute clip. All you men, let the testosterone rise. And, you know, walk out of here pumped up. But I want you to watch this fight scene from the second movie of Rocky. And I just want you to envision yourself not in a boxing match, but against the many different fights and trials and struggles and knockdowns that you've faced in life. Watch this. It's kind of fun.
How funny. Did you see yourself in there? Life knocks you down, and just the moment you think you're starting to catch up, and all of a sudden something else hits you, and it's just yelling at you, stay down, stay down. But with Jesus Christ in your life calling the shots, you can stand there. I love that scene where he just sits there. He says, I'm still standing here. Have you been knocked down? Has, has, has life pushed you around and told you to stay down, give up, and you get up and you can say with Jesus Christ, I'm still standing here. I love the legacy of this church, oldest standing church in Collin County. 168 years, if my math is right. A lot of churches close. Still standing here. Still standing here. Standing on the word of God. Who you are. It's who collectively we make this church to be. It's who Christ calls us to be. On this rock, he will build his church. Then he goes back to his corner. He tells his trainer, I'm not going down again. He says, all right, you go get him. You go get him. In this world, you will have trouble. It's inevitable. But you can go through this world with peace. You can go through this world with something on the inside that fuels your own comebacks. Yeah, you might not ever have to be a boxer, but I know I know in this world, you face some things. I know in this world, you're going to face some things. Christ Jesus, still standing here. Still standing here. I mean, it's, I, I just know, like, I could just, I thought I knew spiritual warfare, and then I became a pastor. And I can tell you, Stuff happens on Saturday night. We had some of that this weekend. But I'm because I know, I know that God's got a purpose and a plan. There are some of you that a comeback is in order. Satan wants to do what he can do to interrupt it. We'll send a power surge. See if we can't knock the whole service out. Still standing here. I'm still standing here. We're going to close with a song called Word of God Speak. And I tell you what, this whole summer, we're going to examine how does the comeback happen in your life. Listen, we don't need just a lot of strength on our own. We need, we need God's help. We need God to fuel it. And I just say, if you would commit to seeking God through his word, You'll come back stronger each and every time. So let me close with this. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Lots of different types of comebacks. And I'm just going to list some. And I'm going to come down and I'm going to walk the aisles. I want to make eye contact with you and I want to pray for you. But if um, sometimes... We need to come back in our marriage. If you're one here today and your marriage needs a comeback, Satan loves to steal, kill, and destroy, and he attacks the family relentlessly. If your marriage needs a comeback, I just want you in these next few moments 
to make eye contact with me. Nobody else looking around but me. But I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm going to be praying for you. For your marriage. If that's you, if your marriage needs to come back. Would you look at me? I'm looking around. But I see you, I see you, brother. I see you. Amen. Come back as possible. Anyone else? I see you. I'm going to be praying for you. How about this? Maybe you've got some broken relationships in your family. And your family can use comeback. It's not your spouse, it's your mom, your dad, your son, your daughter. Do you need a comeback in your family? You make eye contact with me. I see you. I'm praying for you, my friend. I see you. I see you. Maybe you need a comeback. In just your life provision. You've gone through a loss of a job or you've just been hit with a multitude of expenses that you couldn't handle. But you need a comeback in, in, just, in, in just that realm of life. If that's you, would you make eye contact with me? I see you. I see you as well. Again, I'll be praying for you. Maybe you need a comeback from God. You have walked away. And you've been taking a tail kicking. Trying to do life on your own. And you need to come back. To God. Through his son Jesus. You need a spiritual comeback. If that's you, would you make eye contact with me? Father God. Because your son is the king of the comeback. There is not a trial, there is not a trouble that is beyond you. God, I pray your strength upon these. I also pray your patience. For we know that, Father, not only are you all powerful and all loving, but you are all wise. And what we think needs to happen right now, you just know better. I pray for your empowerment on them. I pray your wisdom to them. I pray... Capacity to wait. You. Make it a reality. Father. I also pray for many others. That you are going to draw into this place this summer. That through your son Jesus. These troubles that they've endured. Will become testimonies of your goodness and your provision. 
Father, help us to walk in step with your Spirit that we might be shining lights in a dark world showing there is a God who loves and gives second chances to those who do not deserve it. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.